Welcome to the Fire Trainers Podcast, part of ConcealedCarry.com Network. This is Season 5, Episode 25, published on August 22nd, 2023. This episode, we'll be talking with Preston Waller about how he's combined gunsmithing and instructing into his business. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Sit back and relax for this week's episode. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website, ftaprotect.com, to learn more about their instructor coverage offer and their competitive pricing. Listeners of this podcast can get 10% off on their policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Manus X. I've been a longtime Manus user from their original Manus X to the new Manus X10 that came out with a couple of years ago, and now excited about their most recent product, Manus Blackbeard X. The Manus Blackbeard X combines the Manus 10 and the Manus Blackbeard system into one platform for the AR-15. It unleashes a completely new capability with in-depth dynamic shooting analysis, including motion-based analysis and multi-target engagement, something no one has done before. Manus Blackbeard X connects to your smartphone via Bluetooth and can easily download the Manus X application for Android and iOS. The Manus X application gives you history on all your previous sessions, as well as new drills for the modern sporting rifle. Manus X changed the way I train, and I think you'll find the Manus Blackbeard X is a great training aid for yourself and your students. Check out Manus X for more information on their Manus products, including the new Manus Blackbeard systems. That is ManusX.com. We bring this podcast support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, Every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by the refrigerator from Strap House Custom Gunsmithing. Welcome to the podcast, Fridge. Hi, how you doing, Rob? I'm doing great. Well, for those people that don't know who uh, the Fridge is, can you give us a little bit about your background and what you do in the 2A community? Okay, so yeah, my, my background is um, basically I'm, I'm an engineer. I have a bachelor's degree in computer integrated manufacturing and electronic technology. So I've always been kind of a tinkerer at heart. And so around 2007, when I graduated from college, I bought myself my first uh, firearm. It was a Taurus PT-92. It's this big chrome monstrosity. I, I loved it. But um, from there, just, uh, you know, pretty much uh, one of those owners that kept my firearm in, in my vehicle, maybe in the house. Didn't really carry it around. Didn't really have a lot of responsible places to go shoot it. So we were just like going off in the woods and just like doing stuff like that. Um, but a few years ago, I, I kind of got heavy into going to the gun shows and stuff in the area. And I just noticed there was a lack of of my community, specifically African-Americans, that were on the vendor side of, of, of those booths at the gun shows. and so. It became, uh, it was like a light bulb went off and I decided to start a, a gunsmithing shop and custom shop. And so um, I'm in like my, my second year business as far as that. But um, uh, gun, Strap House Customs LLC is a gunsmith and FFL that's focused on safe function, maintenance, repair, customization of, of firearms. Mm-hmm. 
in uh, talking about your gunsmithing background, because, uh, you know, it's one thing that really caught my eye when I met you out at the train to learn this, uh, this year is, you know, you were gunsmith first, and then you slowly got into the instructing, but what kind of gunsmithing were you all doing? Um, you know, when you, when you first started the business. Yeah. So I, most of my focus was on, I started with the firearms that I owned, um, striker fire pistol, AK 47 platform and uh the ar platform mm-hmm. uh, you so, do, or go ahead yeah so with that you know with with, with the gunsmith and it's a, it's a constant learning process so i'm constantly investing in new resources uh, constantly uh working with my mentors to kind of increase my knowledge mm-hmm. does your uh, gunsmithing um include like career coats and uh, you know customizing along those lines yeah so my visual customizations uh, what i started with were wraps vinyl wraps similar to the material that you would see on like vehicles um and so for me uh, a lot of the stuff that i do is, is budget-minded i'm a budget-minded person so for the new gun owner the enthusiast that's just really getting into the custom customization of firearms the uh, vinyl is a very, very budget-friendly option, and it allows you to put on a design. We can even do custom design vinyl, custom patterns. And if it turns out you don't like it, you know, you can just take it off. It is a semi-permanent type of uh, a process. But, um, yeah, in the in the future, I, I am working on a, a hydro dip. I have my first hydro dip project kind of in the works right now. Um, and, um, I'm building up equipment so that I can do the Cerakote. Um, really what I need for the Cerakote right now is just an oven and a little bit of practice. Mm -hmm. Yep. Those are, uh, two things, uh, seeing a lot of people do the hydro coat and come out with some really cool designs. And also seems like the, uh, the Cerakotes, um, are, you know, becoming more and more popular to get the, get the color of firearm just to where you want it to be. Yeah, the Cerakote is 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 really the, I guess, I don't want to say necessarily the snobbish option, but for those who are, are very particular, um, the, the Cerakote would be number one, the Hydro Dip would be like number two, and the Vinyl is kind of like a distant third. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, knew, I knew one guy who had a... Um who had a Dodge, uh, that looked some, a Dodge charger, uh, similar to Bumblebee and Transformer uh -huh. movies. Yeah. He had to get his gun with a matching color with Cerakote. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would call exactly. that, I would call that the kind of snob, uh, things in, Hey, if your money and you want it, go for it. I'm all for exactly, that. Um, exactly. but <laughs> many of us yeah, are not going to get our, gu our guns, uh, colored to the same thing as our car. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's definitely, definitely a cultural thing um for for stuff like that but you know being an 80s baby like a lot of a lot of my generation is kind of into that customization of everything and so that's one of the things i say here at strap house we custom everything like er everything you do with us from uh our gunsmithing to our training everything is custom it's totally based on the customer's needs and you know where they are in the two-way space mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm uh, going out and checking out your uh, website, and uh, you've got a lot of uh, very neat colors on the vinyl wraps, <laughs> and very uh, very neat things from uh, for it. And that's uh, you know really good 
Um, um, a lot of neat customization there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I'm just one of those people, like, I always, even in, everything, I just, I just like it to be individualized. Even if something very minute detail that, you know, hey, when I, when I, like on my vehicle, I put a certain type of headlight in it, a certain type of bulb in it. So when I, my blinkers flash, when I cut my alarm on, like, hey, I know that's, that's me. There's <laughs> no question about it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, today's market, you know, customization for it, especially budget minded is, uh, really important. Do you do much, uh, metal work when it comes to, uh, firearms as far as milling for, uh, red dots or, uh, threading barrels for suppressors? No. So I, I haven't gotten that far in, into my gunsmithing journey. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to find a way. So here in, here in Georgia, there's not really like, uh, a gun school per se. Um, so I'm just looking into different ways to get that experience with metalworking. Uh, I'm looking into like some of the community college and technical colleges in the area that would still teach basic metalworking, you know, skills. Um, but as far as hands-on, I haven't done very much. Now going back and leaning on my, my, my education, uh, I have done, a lot with CNC and stuff like that. So uh, I'm familiar with uh, materials and processing. And a lot of that kind of comes from the engineering side of my education. Very cool. Well, Fred, uh, when it comes to uh, gunsmithings, different things like that, um, what's, what's your plans in the future? Um, are you going to be get, trying to get into manufacturing them also, or any plans like that? Yeah. So my future plans. Uh, so for right now, I'm kind of home-based. So eventually I want to get like a standalone, like a brick and mortar type of uh, shop. Um, then from there, you know, expanding to even maybe a range. And um, yeah, getting into the manufacturing, definitely, um, because for a gunsmith that kind of like that, if you're trying to, you know, become a millionaire, you know, you either need to work on somebody's celebrity who wants to pay you a lot of money <laughs> or invent some type of product or process uh, that kind of, you know, gives you that opportunity to make that money. So um, maybe down the line, uh, you know, Strap House Customs, you know, line of firearms, it does sound pretty good. Yeah. Well, hey, I know, you know, we talked about your gunsmithing background and such, um, but what led you to want to go along and start looking at the your instruction side of things? Yeah, so for me, as a again with my kind of business ideas sprouting at the gun shows, I was noticing that, and and there's no diss to any of the the the, the you know retailers because it seems like a kind of a common practice just across the board. You know, they sell you a gun, and all you get is a receipt. Mm -hmm. You know, I've I've had, you know, an elderly couple that, you know, walking around the gun show, they saw my booth, they were, you know, excited, they went to buy a gun, and then they immediately brought it to me like, hey, what do we do with this? And so my my training is just an extension of my responsibility to the community. Just I would this these these the firearms are firearms, you know, and most of us listen to this podcast are familiar with how dangerous they can be. Mm -hmm. Right. If not properly stored, if not properly used. And so 
that's my training. So I, I, I look at it from a gunsmithing perspective is that I'd hate to make this, you know, cut, we custom order you a firearm. You know, we, we, we make all these custom changes and we have this amazing firearm. And then I give it to you and you don't know how to load it. You don't mm-hmm. know how to store it. You know, you don't know how to lock it up. You don't know anything. And it either becomes, you know, something that a criminal has access to or something that, you know, someone who's unfamiliar with firearms, you know, could really hurt themselves. So my training is specifically from uh, um, how to use it perspective. And again, just the basic safety, safe function being one of our biggest priorities. Mm-hmm. Whose uh, courses do you teach? Do you teach NRA or USCCA courses currently? So I don't, I don't teach any of those, those courses. Um, basically, I'm coming from my personal experience and my personal knowledge, which is constantly growing and evolving. Um, and so, again, I consider it like I don't call my classes like a training class. It's a mm-hmm. shooting experience. Oh, that's good. It's a, shoot, it's a shooting experience because I don't, you know, I'm not, not to, you know, I don't want to take from anyone who, you know, paid, have paid a lot of this money to do, you know, become certified instructors here, USCCA, NRA, uh, even the NAGA. Um, now, eventually I, I do want to get some RSO type of, of training because I look at what I do as more of like a personal RSO. Mm-hmm. You know, I take you to the range. I help you figure out what range may be close to you, indoor, outdoor. And it's just a total custom experience. You know, my my most recent students were first time shooters. They've never shot, ever shot a gun a day in their life. And so they're interested in it was two ladies, a mother and a daughter. And they're interested in be, being able to protect themselves uh, while they're at home and while they're caring. So eventually, once we get them comfortable with the basics, I will hand them off to someone who's going to take a more traditional, you know, type of uh, type of class. It's going to include some, you know, a lot of those uh, USCCA NRA classes, you know, they go into the legalities, they go Mm -hmm. into, you know, the concealed carry and stuff like that. But but for me, I focus on, you know, getting them comfortable with with basic safety. And then getting them in the range because I start off with like some plastic trainers. I've recently got some uh, Mantis um, dry fire and live fire equipment in. So mm-hmm. I'll be incorporating that into my training. So we just start off, you know, with like the plastics because I am a USCCA partner, just not a trainer. So I do have, re- you know, access to a lot of those resources. And we just start with that. And then once they're ready, um, I use electronic ear pro and stuff like that. So that it just makes the experience overall comfortable. And again, it's just custom tailored to that customer, what they want and, you know, what they need at, at this, at the time. Yeah. And that, and that really serves a, a special niche in the market because, you know, we've seen over the last uh, four years, uh, you know, statistics coming out from national shooting sports foundation that there are, you know, between 10 and 12 million new gun owners out there. And when you think about that many new gun owners, they need somebody to show them, you know, how to check if the gun's loaded, how to properly hold it. Bottom line, right. 
how to be responsible with that firearm so that it doesn't fall into somebody some unresponsible hand and that includes you know a you know three-year-old kid all the way up to you know ha- you know a teenager you know if they're not responsible or it could be somebody you know in their 70s or 80s that you know is suffering from uh, dementia alzheimer's things along those lines you know bottom line you know somebody you don't want to have a firearm in their hand for it and you're really you're filling a niche there which i think you know i commend you for it because you know even myself you know i look at you know doing the advanced classes concealed carry instructor classes and i do have beginning students come to my classes but i don't really kind of focus specifically on them but there are quite a few of them that i'm sure that need that little bit of hand holding to make sure they know how to hold it that you know just even going along and knowing you know what should they bring to the range for it what kind of ammunition uh, you know, one of the craziest things when, you know, if you're an instructor, you know this, but when you say nine millimeter, you know, how that changes depending upon where you are, your gun, everything else like that, because a 380 is a nine millimeter um, for it. You know, you've got uh, people that have uh, marker offs that are nine millimeters and making sure the users that you get understand, you know, that if you've got a you know, 380, it's a nine by 18 versus a nine millimeter Luger, which is a nine by 19, you know, it makes a big difference. And those are all things that as in- instructors, you can go along and help them understand it. Maybe not to go along and be John Wick, but at least to be able to go along, and be a responsible gun owner and be able to feel safe when they carry it, being able to know, you know, when, when they can, you know, or how they can use it in their house, different things along those lines, because that's probably the, the biggest thing, you know, if you're going out, you can always go along and avoid uh places and situations when you're going out but if the problem comes to your house you're really stuck because there's not there's no place else you can really retreat to and that's where people need to know you know properly how to how to handle a firearm without putting themselves or other people at risk that they don't intend upon shooting so that that's that's great work for it that you're doing there instructing thank you thank you yeah and i'm just you know part of my goal is kind of just to change the narrative you know, that especially in my community, the African-American community, you know, it's just it's just even growing up as a kid. My father was a police officer before I was born um, and then he got into the military and my father was um, a National Guard pretty much uh, all my life growing up until he till he passed. But I never like we very it was only one time in my life I remember us having a firearm in, in our house. And that was uh, before my father had to go uh, overseas as part of uh, Operation Desert Storm. And so, you know, even now, you know, my mom is just so I have a federal firearms license. I have a legitimate, you know, firearms business. And she still is just like, why do you have so many guns? Why another gun? Why are you carrying this gun everywhere we go? I take it to the doctor. Now it's like, okay, well, we can't have a gun in the, in a, in a, hospital so now it's like where am i gonna put my gun in this so for her it's just getting her adjusted and used to uh the idea that you know it's our right and i have the right to to have my firearm and as long as i do it safely and i'm responsible i think it's perfectly fine yeah i mean when you really get down to it and you look at our rights you know as americans when you look at you know what we should be worried about uh i'm not worried about the uh you know responsible gun owner because they're going to go along, have a good holster. They're going to know, they're going to be know how they can properly handle it. 
you know, what's direction the muzzle, you know, triggers, those types of things. The people I'm more worried about are the criminals that the first thing they do is pull it out of, out of their pocket without a holster finger on the trigger. And then they're taking a waving around and using it as something to point, you know, directions to, you know, threaten people with. And that's where, you know, we all know how easy could it be for that gun just go off because their fingers on the trigger. You know, we've seen Alec Baldwin and, you know, those are all kinds of situations to where, you know, we, we go along and we impress upon our students the need to, you know, finger off the trigger. And, you know, those are all situations to where, yeah, I'm not worried about the honest, you know, law-abiding citizen. I'm worried about the criminal because those are the ones to where something either accidental or negligent could potentially happen in, in the midst of all that stuff. And that's where you want to, um, you, you want to make sure that you stay away from those kind of situations, but if you can't, you've got to use uh, judicious marksmanship in, uh, in solving the situation. Yeah, definitely. And for me, you know, when we talk about, you know, focus again, you know, I try to focus on on those that are, you know, interested in firearms and have questions and have like a curiosity, but maybe nervous, maybe scared. You know, maybe they have a firearm in the house and it's just been sitting in the box for years. You know, I've helped people that are in that situation. Um, I've helped those who. I had a friend of mine that, you know, a few years ago, tragically um, died in a, you know, was hit by a DUI driver and he had a firearm. And so his sister kind of inherited his firearm. She had no idea really how to use it. And, you know, I was able to kind of help her feel more comfortable um, because for her, it not only not only is it a way to protect herself. But it's also, you know, a memory of her brother. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, I think it's very important to, you know, always kind of be on the forefront of discussing firearm safety um, as a trainer. And, you know, a lot of people that, you know, talk to me in my regular life is like, oh, man, you see what these like viral videos and these crazy videos. And I'm just like, well, nope. You know, hey, look, I can't uh, I can't agree with that. You know, because as a trainer, you kind of always have to. What's anyone that's in the, in the, in a two way space that's trying to be responsible? You don't want to always kind of stick to that to that theme and not kind of get outside of that. Oh well, they should have killed. Uh, blah 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 blah. No, the law is this. Responsible ownership means that we should do this. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm pro life. I'm pro life. You know, if I if. If, you know, especially when it comes to cell phones and then money and stuff like that, that's replaceable, you know, just, yep. just look, Definitely just because you can't shoot, just because it's legal to shoot doesn't mean it's always a good idea. Yep. Yeah. That's, uh, one, one of the things we could, we talk through from legal use of force is, uh, you know, you've got, we talk about it being legal or not legal, but there's also, you know, the part of, can you live with, with your actions at that point? You know, and, and what I mean, I'm not talking about going along and you know, shooting the, the hell's angel. that's trying to break in your front door, you know, to where, you know, you look very you know, menacing. I'm talking about, you know, what would you do if it was a 12, 13, 14 year old kid who had a gun and, you know, you obviously, you know, they didn't know how to use the gun. So you could very easily draw and potentially shoot them. And that would be you know hundred percent legal. But could you really live with yourself knowing that, you know, you shot a you know, 13 year old 
you know, over your cell phone or your wallet, different things along those lines. And that's a deeper question that you have to ask yourself way before you ever get the situation to where maybe somebody's robbing you, um, you know, with a gun pointed at you. And those are all situations to where, you know, you've, you've got to ask yourself hard questions for it because carrying a gun's a uh, big responsibility. Using a gun's a big responsibility. Yes, sir. Good, good stuff there. You know, we got a little deeper on this one than we normally get on, uh, on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, hey, Fridge, I, yeah, got I, can't, a qu- I can't help it, man. I can't help it. <laughs> well, I, th- I think it's good because as uh, instructors, we have uh, great influence over our students. And if we don't talk about it a little bit, you know, everybody who's listened to the podcast before, I talk a lot about mental health. Um, we recently did a podcast on addiction. And, you know, even when it comes to legal use of force, you know, there's legal and there's, you know, what can you live with kind of force? And those are all questions you've got to be able to answer yourself because in the morning, you're going to be looking in the mirror at, at that person. You got to be able to live with that, you know, whatever your decision is uh, for the rest of your life. Exactly. Or, well, hey, Fritz, got a quick question for you. Um, can you name an event, class, or place that you think that 2A people should uh, do or see in their lifetime to kind of appreciate uh, the Second Amendment? So so for me, I would say, and it's not necessarily 2A related. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of learning your history. If you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. A lot of people say that. Bingo. So, you know, and that was just kind of part of my upbringing. Um, we never went on a family vacation and and didn't take a time to learn some type of history. You know, um, and, and so to me, that that's going to be my that's going to be my suggestion. Now, the training learn was 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 great for me, um, especially if you're if you're if you're. For this podcast, it's, it's, it's mostly going to be people who are actually in the business of two A. So, so the training learn, you know, I, I can't I can't thank Kevin enough for the opportunities he's presented, you know. And so, amen to that. Yeah, because you know, it, it great. It's one thing to be in front of people, but it's another thing to be able to be in front of them in a space where they can actually see you versus some of the bigger, you know, shot show and those type of places where it's hundreds of people shaking hands with someone every day and and you're just another face in the crowd. Um but again, I if you're not serious about growing your business, I mean, yeah, you come around and have some fun. We had great fun. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Yep, I've got a video that uh we had uh, shows a, we had a lot of fun there for it made a lot of good connections and uh you know kevin got a little deep a few times but at the same time being in the 2a community we've really got to understand and know where what we actually do and and the impact that we can have on our, our students and ultimately on society and that's one of those things where shouldn't take that lightly for sure right right you know and i completely agree with you about you know those that don't know their history are doomed to repeat it because time and time again, um, you, if you read history, you see the where you know a group is oppressed, and then they overtake the ruling party, and then they become the ruling party, and then all of a sudden the other group uh, learns to go along, and you know becomes uh, overtakes 
that party and then you keep going back and forth and that's where the u.s democracy being a experiment in democracy is extremely unique because we have a peaceful transition to power um you know love it or, or hate it you know whoever's in the white house you know is there by popular choice and it can flip-flop back and forth and yeah it's kind of chaotic at time but jesus Pete, just look at other countries i mean we, we we're nowhere near perfect but we've got a lot better than a lot of other countries a lot better well fridge where can people find more out about your custom gun working and uh the classes that you have coming up yeah so the i guess the base of my operations is going to be straphousecustoms.com which is my website um website's got a lot of information on my gunsmithing services that i offer i'm constantly updating it with uh new products and services um as i develop them as well as um we've got some affiliate links at the very bottom of the page um so again being an ffl uh, anybody in the georgia especially metro atlanta area um if you need assistance with like online orders or shipping of serialized parts um i can help with that yeah straphousecustoms.com and again on all the social media straphouse customs you literally can google straphouse customs and you'll we have a google page instagram is refrigerator q uh, facebook is straphouse customs so i try to keep it you know basically straphouse customs across the board <laughs> yep there you go and i will have a link in the uh, show notes for those that would like to uh that are driving and want to uh find out more from fridge about what he does maybe what he can do for them so that's great well fridge i appreciate your time today uh, great information on uh you know you becoming gunsmith and how you're you know switching over into the instructor side of things to fulfill the needs that your uh, clientele have and so that's a, a great 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 example of how to grow and expand your business uh, for all the instructors that are out there so thank you thank you sir thank you, know. you. have a good evening all right goodbye that's a wrap for this episode. I hope you got some ideas from Preston on how you can expand your revenue streams in your business. Do me a favor. Go out and give us a five-star review on Google or iTunes. It helps other people find us. And uh, write down in the review what you find so special about our podcast. It really helps uh, us in the rankings and also helps uh, other people find why you find us so uh, useful. Also, if you have topic suggestions on guests or want to drop me any questions, feel free to do that at ftp at concealedcarry.com. You can also do that on our website, farmtrainerpodcast.com, where you can also go along and search for topics of our over 200 episodes for. Don't forget about the Guardian Conference coming up September uh, 15th through the 17th in Oklahoma City guaranteed you will find something in the classes that are being offered that uh, that weekend for it's a three-day event jam-packed full of great information visit all our sponsors especially the fire and trainers association ftaprotect.com uh, and check out their instructor insurance listeners get 10 percent off on their policy by entering promo code ftp10 for 10 percent off I really think if you go out there and Look at their coverage compared to the competition. Um, you get free certificates of insurance for as many ranges as you want compared to other people. You'll find it's well worth being with the FTA. We're bringing this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every farm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone.
Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.